Today we have the pleasure of speaking with two uh, venture capital uh, executives uh, based in Vancouver. So we have from uh, Squadra Capital, Brandon Mitchell, who is managing director and fund manager, and uh, Tom Mays, who is chief operating officer. Uh, guys, welcome to the Series A podcast, the podcast where we talk about all about venture capital. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. Yeah, doing great. Thanks so much for having us on the call. We really appreciate the, the invite. Uh, okay, you're on, you're muted. Uh, Brandon. I'm, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you guys both. Hi, Brandon. How are you doing uh, today? Doing very good. Thank you, George. Thank you for having us here today. Okay, so let's start. Uh, if you can both... Uh, uh, let us know a little bit about your background and uh, how did you end up uh, uh, joining this firm or uh, founding this firm. And uh, then we will talk a little bit about uh, the, the structure of your fund and uh, what you guys focus on. So why don't we start uh, with you, Brandon? Let us know a little bit about your background. Yeah, so... Uh... Tom and I uh, decided to get together about three, uh, three and a half years ago. And prior to that, I had been in the manufacturing space, uh, doing, doing manufacturing business in China for a number of years. And uh, at the same time, I also uh, worked with um, and for uh, several wealth management companies. I graduated with a bachelor's degree uh, in economics and international business in California, where I'm originally from. And uh, yeah, so, you know, it was kind of an interesting way to uh, find, our, uh, find our place in the finance industry. Uh, Tom and I getting together a few years back and, and deciding to get into the hedge fund business. So. A little bit of a different approach from your typical typical venture capital uh, company. Uh, we we wanted to be somewhat disruptive in the space and uh, you know jump on the on the fintech wave, uh, so to speak. So with that, uh, Tom and I decided to start this company, Squadra Capital, um, and we have a flagship product known as the Maple Fund, which is a uh, it's a unique and somewhat disruptive um, business model compared to traditional hedge funds or alternative strategies uh, where there's a standard uh, two and 20 uh, management fee structure in place. So we're entirely performance-based and this is something that you know, we're, we're looking to uh, be a bit disruptive with. Um. Okay, so before we talk about this uh, kind of structure and model, uh, Tom, uh, let's hear about you. What is your background that uh, led you to venture? Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so born and raised here just outside of Vancouver and Langley. And my background, you know, just ever since I was 16, 17 was when I first started trading and and investing just a very keen interest in the industry as at a whole and, and finance. Uh, my dad, big stock trader when he was growing up and, and still is now. So I, uh, you know, kind of followed in his footsteps and learned a lot from him. 
and uh, was always really eager to learn. Uh, coming out of you know high school, the focus was mostly on on marketing and and sales. So I did well in that space. Built a uh, few different um, affiliate marketing companies at the same time as doing a huge amount of uh, you know research and investing and trading and learning more about the the finance industry at a whole. And then got licensed to sell annuity, segregated funds. Did a ethics course, anti money laundering course. You know, got the got the basics there. But my philosophy has always been, um, you know, vast majority is self taught. I'm very focused on you know personal growth, personal development. Uh, you know, read over 250 books in the past three four years with, uh, you know, just developing my mindset and my skill set. And I, you know, I study a lot of very, very successful entrepreneurs. And I've seen, um, you know, Elon Musk, per se, Jeff Bezos, Steve Jobs, many of them, they, you know, necessarily don't have the exact degrees or, um, you know, credentials that they need to start those companies, but they've just been self-starters. They've been incredible um, with developing their skill set, building a good team of people around them, and then just pushing forward with the projects and the businesses that they want to build. So that's really been my inspiration. So the vast majority of my background and knowledge and skill set is, uh, you know, self-taught. And then, like Brandon said, we met about uh, three and a half, four years ago, and it took us about a, a year and a half to put in the foundation for, you know, legal legal documents and regulatory requirements. And then we were able to uh, launch the fund. Uh, early 2020 as a, a trial investment phase from February till July. And then we officially launched the fund in 2020, July 1st. Uh, so it took you a year and a half uh, to set it up. That uh, sounds quite a lot. Can you elaborate on uh, were you doing this full time or what were the obstacles that uh, led to, to this uh, time frame? Yeah, for sure. So when we first got, uh, we got started, Brendan and I, we, you know, we met, built an awesome business relationship, and we were trying to decide on the, the exact path that we wanted to take. We were looking at the wealth management space, but we, we realized the, the regulatory requirements were, were much more strict, as well as the, um, you know, we, we don't want to be as visor, advising clients and investors as much as we just want to really focus on trading and, and investing and prov providing a profitable return for investors. So we decided to go with the hedge fund space um, with a different degree of regulation. And the first year and a half, like I mentioned, um, the, it was, you know, you got to jump a lot of hoops. You got to, uh, you know, connect with the right people and work with the right people. We were working with the British Columbia Securities Commission um, to set everything up, the legal documentation, consulting with many different securities lawyers, um, and just figuring out the best path that uh, we had to take to, you know, a launch the fund. Um, as far as our time commitment went for, you know, building the foundation and getting all that in place, um, you know, Brandon and I, we were, we were working on our other businesses at the same time, but the vast, you know, majority of our focus was on the, you know, setting up the, the foundation for the business. So, you know, we're, you know, we're always working 16 hour days. And at the time in the first year and a half, I would say we were doing, you know, a good 10 hours a day on uh, building the hedge fund business. And then the other six hours of the day, we were, you know, maintaining our, our businesses or, or, you know, 
continuing with uh, what we had outside of the hedge fund business until we could go completely full-time with the hedge fund business, um, you know, when we officially launched in July. Okay, so you guys are hedge fund managers, uh, not exactly venture capital uh, investments. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, we have a, a maple fund. We're potentially looking into getting more into the venture capital space in the next maybe four, five, six years and doing some private placement uh, investments. But for the time being, uh, we're managing a fund traded mostly in currencies and commodities. Okay. Um... So uh, in terms of setting up costs, um, our audience uh, would be interested in listening uh, ballpark figures uh, of uh, costs. Is it uh, the usual 100 to 150K? Is that uh, the startup costs for uh, hedge fund uh, in your part of the world? It, uh, it definitely can be, um, that's for sure. If you want to you know, do everything quickly and, you know, you're happy to pay those expenses. You can spend anywhere from, you know, 70,000 to, to about 250, $300,000 with regulatory expenses and legal documentation. Brandon and I, we have, um, you know, like a self-starter mindset and lean startup mindset. And we want to know the ins and outs of our business uh, in its entirety. So we put, um, you know, a lot of that time in the first year and a half into, you know, writing a lot of our legal documents into, you know, building our accounting system ourselves, building our trade tracking system ourselves, um, where, you know, it saved us greatly in our costs. Uh, it took us longer, but, you know, we also have a, in, in our opinion, a deeper knowledge of our business than a lot of people who simply just pay the the fees of 70 to 250 to 300k just to get their business set up so we were able to you know keep our costs relatively low um, you know i would say below around forty thousand dollars for all the regulatory and legal expenses but our office expenses um, you know we have a, an office downtown vancouver so whether you want to include that or not in the startup cost that was an additional $150,000. so um, including the office, about a $200,000 startup, excluding the office and just doing, you know, business setup, legal documentation and legal uh, and regulatory requirements, then it would be around 40000 And to add to that, um, we also, if you wanted to include our opportunity cost of taking more time to, uh, to set everything up on our own, for the most part, uh, you know, a typical... Uh, you know, if we were to, to calculate our, our salaries uh, from actual jobs, uh, I, I guess you could say there's an also an opportunity cost from, you know, between 200 and 300,000. Okay. Um, so you guys started early 2020 when the pandemic hit. Um, have you used the 150,000 office that you, that you own? We've done some meetings for sure, not as many as we would like to, of course, with, uh, you know, COVID. And we have an awesome amenities uh, section within the, the office that we can use in a common space for some really nice networking events. But, you know, just like you mentioned, since we got started during the beginning of a pandemic, uh, we haven't really been able to utilize it to the extent that we wish we could. So we have done some meetings with, um, you know, some investors and, and clients and and business partners and associates of ours. But um, 
yeah, not to not to the extent that we would like to. Looking forward to this being over and we can utilize it better. So uh, what is the jurisdiction that your fund is in? Uh, we're in Vancouver, Canada and British Columbia and city of Vancouver. So we work with the British Columbia Securities Commission and IROC, the Investment Industry Regulatory Authority of Canada. And uh, if somebody wants to invest in your fund, what is the minimum ticket size? Uh, right now, we don't have a like particular, you know, like minimum. We doesn't really make sense to take anything less than $5,000 just for administration costs and transfer costs. Um, yeah, so I would say like the minimum right now would be about $5,000. And um, I also want to mention that, you know, currently our website's under construction. We've had multiple problems with uh, you know, potential CTO that we had earlier this this year. Um, so uh, if people are looking for a website, it should be up and running in probably two to three months from now. Okay. So let's talk about the fund. Uh, if you can share some numbers with us, what is the fund size, if that's announceable? And uh, let's talk about your um, revenue. Uh, you said you are not using the regular two and 20 rule, but you are doing only performance. So let's talk about that if you can. Uh, also, Brandon, we would like to hear some uh, information on that from you. Absolutely, yeah. So um, currently our total assets under management um, is under 2 million and we're projecting to grow that uh, to roughly 5 million by the end of 2021 here. Um, the main reason that we're still on, our, our total AUM is relatively low is um, per, you know, the previously what Tom had described there, the, the whole uh, startup process of the business, you know, the first year and a half was spent heavily on, on regulatory. And then uh, since fund inception in July, 2020, We've been primarily focused on uh, fine-tuning our trading, uh, trading strategies and working with um, uh, a CTO for uh, web app development. Uh, as Tom mentioned, there was a, a couple of setbacks there with the web app development. So we're currently also looking to um, expand the team uh, in that sense, you know, working with full stack developers and, and programmers. So essentially, uh, uh, a key function of the business, which is going to allow uh, greater scalability uh, in terms of uh, investor uh, onboarding and, and management. So our, our web app that we're in the process of building now is um, gonna facilitate the accounting side of the business. It's gonna be able to uh, uh, hook up through APIs uh, integration with the, uh, with the broker services um, do all of our, our trading tracking, provide the key metrics there that we need, produce tear sheets and performance reports. So it's uh, a, uh, an aspect of the business that's crucial to us right now. It's kind of our, our, our launch pad uh, that we're looking to complete building so we can get that uh, hockey stick growth going in terms of assets under management. Um, so with the... Um, business model, the one and two performance-based business model that we have that's, that's quite different from the two and 20 model, 
Uh, I'll let Tom uh, describe uh, and explain that in more detail. Yeah, totally. So uh, like Brandon said earlier in the conversation, we wanted to be disruptive in the industry and uh, the industry standard is commonly the two and 20 model. Um, and, you know, we've talked to a lot of investors, we've invested ourselves and, you know, we've seen a lot of people, you know, a little upset with, uh, I guess upset's not really the word, but, um, you know, when you, when you experience a 10% loss in a year and then you get charged with a management fee of another 2% loss and you walk away with a negative 12%, but the managers of the fund, they still walked away with their healthy 2% commission. Um, you know, I've seen investors, I've talked to investors and they're not super happy with that structure, they would like to see something that's a little bit more performance based. Um, so the two and 20 model, just to give a little background on that in case some of the uh, listeners don't know exactly how that operates. Uh, it's on a yearly basis and 2% management uh, is on all assets under management, whether they win or lose on the, the portfolio. And then the 20 stands for 20% of the performance made on the fund goes to the business for, you know, exceptional performance and, uh, and a bonus. So what we decided to do with, uh, with our model, it's called a one and two model. And it's something that we designed. We wanted to be disruptive in the industry and create something new and creative that was going to separate us from other firms and other investment, uh, you know, opportunities. So with the one and two model is based on a monthly basis instead of a yearly basis. And the one in the one and two model stands for 1% for the business expense account. So the first 1% that is made in a month will go towards business expenses, employee wages, administration costs, regulatory expenses, you know, office overhead. And then the two in the one and two model stands for the investor profits. So the second and third percent that we make in a month will go to the investors. And then our performance bonus and our incentive for exceptional performance is in the event that we make greater than 3% in a month, the residual we get to keep for, well, Squadra Capital will then use for business growth and development. So if we make, you know, Squadra Capital makes 3.5% in a month, 1% will go to the business expenses, 2% will go to the investors for their profits, and then a 0.5% will go to Squadra Capital for business development and business growth, you know, furthering technology uh, developments. And to add on to that, one key feature, well, multiple key features of the fund is in a down month, uh, you know, say we lose 2% in a month, it's a flat loss for Squadra Capital, our personal uh, investments and the investors. We do not charge any kind of management fee or any kind of trade by trade basis fee. Um, and then the investors will be underneath their investor high watermark. So what I want to highlight is on down months, uh, the business account will not be credited to. So we're very highly uh, incentivized to continue performing well for the investors. And to give a little back, background on how an investor high watermark works, um, typically they're you know, associated with hedge funds. They'll be associated to the whole entirety of the fund and they'll have a two-year reset date and how a high watermark works is you know let's say a portfolio is at a fifty thousand dollars and it's grown to a hundred thousand dollars over year two years three years whatever the time frame is and then there's a ten percent loss on the portfolio 
And now that $100,000 is $90,000. In the next growth period, let's say it grows by 5%. And for easy math, we'll just say that's $95,000. Um, you know, the investor will receive that whole 5% gain instead of sharing profit sharing with the, with the hedge fund. In our scenario, and with other you know, commonly high watermarks, they have a reset period of two years, where if the hedge fund stays below that high watermark for two years, the high watermark will reset at that level, and then they get to receive their you know, performance uh, incentive on the way back up again with the one and two model and the high watermark that we have associated with Squadra Capital and the Maple Fund. Uh, the high watermark has no reset time period. So if we go, if an investor sees their portfolio drop below their in investor high watermark, it will be in perpetuity and we do not receive a performance bonus until we reach and uh, exceed that high watermark, which is the highest point their their portfolio has ever received. So let's seen. let's go to the example uh, that uh, month over month you gain uh, more than three percent. Let's go to the example you have a profit of ten uh, percent in the money that you manage. Well, let's go again uh, on the percentages. What does the uh, investor get, and what do you get? So if we have, you know, an exceptional month where we're able to really perform really, really well, like 10%, which is, uh, you know, pretty extreme scenario for our trading strategy and, and risk, risk mitigation and uh, capital protection protocols. But in that scenario, um, we would receive, Squadra Capital would receive 1% for the business expense account. Uh, the investors would see their 2%. And then the leftover, which would be 7%, we have the right to bonus investors. So in a scenario where we do really well like that, we would, uh, you know, likely bonus the, the investors, but it would be under Squadra Capital's discretion to do what to do with those profits. Okay. Um, so uh, let's talk about the investments. What exactly do you invest in? I'll, uh, I'll let Brandon speak on this. So as Tom mentioned um, in the in the previous scenario <clears throat> with the ten percent, that would be pretty unlikely with our investment strategy. So what what our main focus with the Maple Fund is to do is provide consistent returns over a long period of time. Uh, it's 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 more or less our our flagship product, if you will. And uh, later on, you know, maybe a few few years down the road we built a much uh, bigger, better reputation. We would look at potentially op opening other more aggressive funds. So uh, to, to realize a 10% gain in a month for, with our, our current strategy is, is, is a pretty unlikely scenario. Our internal target rate on a monthly basis is between uh, three and a half to 5%. Um, and uh, that's, that's really, that's really a key figure for what we're going for. We're not looking for, you know, Bitcoin size returns or, or uh, GameStop sized returns on a monthly basis. Um, so uh, how that relates to our trading strategy and what we trade, we're, we're mainly in the uh, commodity space and uh, foreign uh, exchange or currency space. And uh, one of the main reasons for that um, is we don't particularly like trading equities 
Um, and it's part of our trading philosophy that, you know, with, with a single company, you can, you can experience these isolated incidents um, and, and, and one-offs, you know, when you're dealing with, with CEOs and, and, and people um, and, and companies, you know, there's uh, one, one bad incident can really, you know, have a, a really big impact. Um, also in the commodity spaces is a huge potential, you know, as we've seen in the past uh, month here, especially in March with, with the oil market, uh, one of the commodities that we trade, you know, we had a blockage in the Suez Canal um, uh, with the ship, the Ever Given, um, getting stuck from side to side, blocking traffic and, and creating quite the backlog. Um, so we're, we're primarily focused in the global macro space. Um, we're looking for global event-driven type uh, uh, situations where um, there's oppor opportunities in the market, and um, we combine that with a technical um, technical analysis um, fundament. So we do our we do kind of a hybrid approach. We've got a fundamental, technical, and you know uh, certain level of sentiment that we're we're analyzing in the markets. So we're, we're, we're mainly trading uh, gold, oil, copper, uh, US dollar versus Canadian dollar, uh, some Euro US dollar, um, US dollar, Japanese yen. Uh, so for, for our main, uh, main assets that we're trading, we do dabble in, um, with, in other assets. Uh, where there some some that are more spec, speculative, and occasionally will 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 uh, be in the equity space. You know, for example, Tesla was uh, hitting nine hundred dollars a share. We we uh, we decided it, you know, had truly reached a uh, overvaluation at that point, and we uh, timidly stepped into that position and and short sold it. Uh, adding to the position uh, down to about 800. Eventually, it went down further to our surprise and, and practically folded in half. Um, uh, but we're, we're, our attitude and appetite towards risk is is relatively low. Um, very interesting, uh, and to see where this uh, Tesla is going to end up. So um, you mentioned in the beginning that you might transition to venture capital type investments uh, in the future. Would that be with an additional fund uh, or what, what, are you, what is your strategy for that long term? So with the Maple Fund, um, it's definitely a fund that would work well in the venture capital space uh, as we're look looking at opportunities uh, for investments and, you know, potentially development projects, um, tech companies with fintech plays, you know, things like that, where there's, a, you know, a, a financial projections could produce, you know, a sustainable income source. Um, and, you know, as our goal with the Maple Fund is to produce consistently 2% monthly returns compounding at a rate of 26.8% annually. Very nice. Uh, in terms of the structure of your uh, business, um, you, you said you are looking, you are going to integrate uh, CTO soonly. But uh, are are you using outside advisors, and if so, how are they compensated? We have a 
you know, a few associates as well as consultants that we work with who, you know, refer us investors or they, you know, help us with some sales process or on, investor onboarding. But uh, the majority of it is technology advisors, consultants, uh, potential CTOs. Uh, we have, you know, three Italian, awesome, you know, shout out to Stefano, Andrea and Vittorio. I uh, love those guys. They've been working closely with us on, uh, you know, s- developing some quantitative analysis tools and, um, you know, stepping in as, as potential CTO. So hopefully that works out. Um, but yeah, then we have, you know, some consultant agreements with some market analysts as well, who, you know, we can call upon if we need reports on, you know, gold or certain economic events or, you know, country economies or, you know, any kind of commodity. So a lot of the uh, help and consultants that we have set up are, you know, exactly that set up on a consultant basis for now. We're, we're a very lean startup at this time. We do not have, you know, a large basis of employees, but we, we pay out to the consultants when we, we need their assistance. And in terms of fundraising, which is of a great interest to our audience. Uh, you mentioned some uh, capital introductors. Are you using uh, capital raisers? Are you doing capital raising yourselves? Are you approaching uh, family offices? If you could elaborate on that, uh, any one of you would like. Yeah, totally. So right now we, um, since we're new and we still have our own networks to work with, Uh, you know, Brandon and I are, are quite well known. We've got some great connections, great friends. So right now we've really been focused on our immediate network and say our warm market. Um, now we're expanding a little bit more to the cold cold market and reaching out to some potential other venture capital firms or, um, you know, wealthy families that we know of. And a lot of it is through referrals. You know, our friends and our network, they know, like, and trust us. And Um, you know, they're happy to refer us to potential investors that they know. So continuing to network that way. And we're getting closer to working with, uh, you know, some family offices that I'm being introduced to through through a contact of mine in Toronto. And then, you know, just similar to, to um, you know, just typical marketing, getting on some podcasts, sharing our story. Uh, we don't really sell per se. We're, we're more relationship based. We want to tell our story, build relationships, build trust with people. And, you know, with that strategy, people are happy to refer us to their friends and family because we know that they know that we're not just trying to make money off of them or just try to sell them. We truly want to help people, you know, grow their investments and, and add a value to people. So a lot of it is through uh, traditional word of mouth and, and, and networking. Uh, okay, so let me ask you a question, hypothetical. If uh, your friend uh, that you mentioned brings to you an investor that uh, give, invests in your fund $100,000, say you would uh, compensate this friend uh, with a percentage, uh, say one, two, or three, as it is commonly uh, in the market. So you you would invest in that case 97,000. Uh, how, please explain to our audience, how would that, uh, uh, how would you explain that to your investor? The, I mean, the commission. So we don't pay out um, two or 3% um, to people that refer us business. 
Um, you know, we do have a small referral compensation. You know, we have got to be careful with, you know, how we pay out to referrals here in British Columbia, the Securities Commission here, you know, regulates that. And, you know, they're quite concerned about how much we're paying out. So um, we have an 1% onboarding investment fee. Uh, whenever we onboard investment capital, 1% fee. So part of that goes to administration costs and then part of it will go to the referral. So if it is a, you know, just a very casual friend or family member or current investor who is referring us a new investor, um, we'll pay out, you know, a smaller portion, you know, point, you know, one five to point two five percent of the investment. If they are, you know, more of a consistent um, consultant of ours who is bringing us more business, we'll sign them on as an associate. And then we're able to pay up, uh, you know, to 2.5 to 3% on the capital, but it's not immediate. It's dispersed over the length of term of the investment. So we still only apply the 1% immediate onboarding fee. And then the, the remaining 1.5 to 2% that the associate will see will you come over a time period of 12 successful trading months. So the investor, you know, they don't see a massive you know, immediate loss on their portfolio as they invest with us. Okay, that's very well explained, Tom. Uh, so as we reach the end of our conversation, is there anything uh, you guys would like to say to our audience about your future plans or about uh, people that are raising uh, a fund similar to yours, but more uh, uh, as a venture fund uh, in terms of uh, our audience? For sure. I'll, uh, Brandon, I'll, I'll let you comment on this and then I'll, uh, I'll jump back in with, uh, I got some thoughts as well. Yeah. Uh, my, my comments on that would be, you know, it's with, with any investment, whether it's venture capital, hedge funds, you know, retail investing in the stock market, buying Bitcoin, buying gold, whatever that, whatever the case may be, there's obviously always the associated risk with any, uh, investment. So, you know, that's, that's something to be, to be mindful of. Um, and, you know, being in the alternative uh, strategy space, you know, we, we would also, um, you know, say that, you know, there's uh, an equal amount of risk there. Uh, you know, we have our, for, for us uh, personally with the Squadra Capital and the Maple Fund, our, one of our main goals is to, to uh, mitigate risk. And we have, uh, you know, trading strategies in place that uh, are able to defend against those risks quite well. So being familiar with, um, you know, what type of investment vehicle you're getting into, regardless of, of the, uh, the sector or space is something and, and then really understanding how it works, right? You know, how, how, do the, how does the fee structure work? You know, make sure it's something that you're, you're getting into that you're gonna be happy with long-term. Um, so that, that's about it. Um, what I would say, and if you want to find out more about Squadra Capital, see our performance tear sheets, um, feel free to reach out to us on LinkedIn, uh, with Squadra Capital, um, with myself, Brandon Mitchell or Thomas Mays and, uh, yep. Tom. Awesome. Yeah. We we're running on a time here, but, um, I'll just say that, um, you know, we're happy to have a conversation with anybody. If somebody's thinking about starting a hedge fund or venture capital firm, you know, feel free to reach out. Um, you know, we're happy to have a conversation and build that relationship further and continue to network, see what kind of resources or network connections we can provide. 
And, you know, if you're in this space, you know, stay persistent. You got some hoops to jump through. You got some hurdles to overcome. But if you stay persistent and really put your mind to it, you know, it, it's worth it in the end. And, you know, you're, you're, you can do it if you really just uh, stick to it. Thanks for having us, George. Thank you very much, both of you. Uh, we will be sure uh, looking forward to seeing your website and your application. And uh, we will be paying attention at Squadra Capital and the Maple Fund. See you guys later. Awesome. Thanks so much, George. Take care. Bye for now.